Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode number nine. I'm your host, Amelia Cardillo. <clears throat> I realized that I haven't really introduced myself over any of the last episodes, so I probably should start doing that, especially if you're jumping in and this is the first one. If it is the first episode that you're listening to, welcome. I have had a little bit of a break in podcasting and I think that is just like anything as a business owner, uh, life gets in the way, business gets in the way and it is definitely a skill to be consistent with this kind of stuff. So I'm back, which is the main thing. And today I have a really kind of fun episode and it is about how starting an e-commerce business helped me start my law firm and become a better business owner. So let's just get into it. You might think that being a lawyer and running a business would kind of go naturally, but I think for any industry, being a business owner is its own separate skill and you can be really great at the technical part, but there's a whole different set of skills and mindset involved to be a business owner. So I think for me, I always had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit, so to speak. I almost started a couple of other businesses before my law firm and even before the e-commerce business. I think it was in about 2010. So my husband and I, we were newly weds at the time. For some reason, we thought we would start a cookie making business. I don't know why. Maybe there was some kind of reality show that we'd watched on TV But we went out one weekend, spent hundreds of dollars on all these ingredients to make amazing cookies. I think we we cooked about a batch or two of cookies and then decided this was not the life for us. So our family and friends really enjoyed those cookies, but that was a very short-lived business venture. And then a few years went by and eBay was kind of a big thing. So this was before e-commerce was as easy, I guess, as it is now to build an e-commerce website back then, it would have cost you tens of thousands of dollars to do the, to do a website. So eBay was huge for selling clothes. So I decided I would sell women's clothes on eBay. So I had to source them. You know, I spent a lot of time trying to find clothes. Um, I think, you know, from China wholesalers to then sell on eBay. I think I did sell a couple of styles and, It just never really got anywhere. I think I was just more focused on work and I wasn't that passionate about it. So again, that was very short-lived. It was also very expensive at that point to ship from overseas. So there was a lot of barriers at that point, but it was interesting and I did learn a lot as well. So I guess you could say that my dream of having a product-based business was on the back burner for a little bit. And all during this period, I was working as a lawyer and I guess I just, yeah, kept going down that path and thought that maybe I could do something in terms of owning a business with that later down the track. So we're going to fast forward a couple of years now and my second son was born in 2016. So my first son was born in 2014, so they're about two years apart. So when my second son was born, I 
was doing the early morning breastfeeding all through the night, every three hours, and I would spend a lot of time on my phone scrolling through Instagram. And because I had my two-year-old, you know, I was looking a lot at kids' clothes at that point, just kind of scrolling through boys' clothes. And at the time, there was not a lot of variety for boys in the chain stores, so in Target and Kmart. It was pretty boring. So I found a lot of these Australian designers that were making really cool kids' clothes. And I kind of got really into the rabbit hole of that, especially, you know, because I had lots of time between the hours of 10 p.m. and 4 a.m. to look at this stuff. So over the course of a few weeks, really, I had an idea to start an e-commerce business and I wanted to sell kids clothes because I felt like there were all these little brands on Instagram in different places and I wanted to create a store, so a retail store, kind of bringing together all these really great brands in one spot for other mums to find clothes for their kids. Now, at this point... I feel like the timeline gets really blurry for me because everything happened super fast. By the time my second son was three months old, I had launched my business, which is wild. So in those three months, the first three months of his life, I was, I made this massive spreadsheet of all these brands that I wanted to approach. I think there was about 30 brands that I had listed. I sent out emails to all of them. In the end, I only had four that wanted to work with me. So there was a lot of no's, a lot of no responses, but I had four brands that I was going to start with. I also set up my own Shopify website. So e-commerce had come a long way since my eBay days. And so I set up my own Shopify website. I I decided on a brand name, the style, kind of the vibe that I was going for learn a bit of graphic design, learn a bit of SEO and had a, because I wanted to show these brands that were going to work with me, what the style of the website was going to be. So I had a a blank website, you know, without products that I could show these brands, you know, this is what the store was going to look like. So like I said, the timeline is extremely blurry, but somehow between having a two-year-old and a very small newborn, I managed to do all of these things and it was literally in between feeding, in between nap time, probably in the middle of the night that I was sending these emails. So as I said, started with four brands and I had $2,000 worth of stock when I started. I feel like if I could bottle up that passion and motivation that I had at that time, I could be a millionaire because it was just something came over me that it was almost like a do or die. I was like, I don't want to not give this the best shot possible. Now, when I told my husband, he was supportive. He totally backed me. I told my parents, they were cautiously supportive. They're always supportive, but they were just like, yeah, just if it makes you happy, go and do it. And my friends-in-law were not. So I was still on maternity leave at this time. So I didn't really tell that many people. And once I did start telling people that I had worked with, there was a little bit of, oh, why would you, you know, you're a lawyer. Why would you go and do an e-commerce business? So there was mixed reactions to what I was doing, which was fine because I was committed to this 100%. So I spent my maternity leave 
building the business from scratch. And the business part was just so exciting. It was the thrill of getting sales, hitting my first $5,000 month, hitting my first $10,000 a month. There were so many highs that it kept me going all the time. Now, e-commerce is not easy. It's not an easy game to be in. And I saw lots of other small businesses kind of struggling. And I think for me, it was being committed to learning about marketing and sales that really kept me going. Some of the other highlights that I had during that time is that I got approached by indie kids, by industry. So if you know the men's wear brand industry, they you know have their own standalone retail stores. They're also stocked in David Jones and they have a kids label. So for obviously for boys, indie, indie kids. And I remember going into David Jones one day and I was there with my husband and the boys. And I said to my husband, I would love to have indie kids in my store one day. And this was coming from, like I said, I had approached about 30 brands when I first started and only four said yes. So that seemed like a bit of a pie in the sky type of dream. And then one day one when I had gone back to work, so I went back to work part-time, but still was running the store. I got an email from sales at Indie Kids and I thought, this has got to be a joke. And the email said, you know, we've, we've found your store. We really like what you're doing. We would love for you to stock our clothes. I didn't even know at the time that they stocked their brand in other small retailers. I thought it was just exclusively David Jones or they had their own online store. So I rang them because I thought for sure this is a scam to get me to spend some money with some sham business. And it wasn't. So it was just a huge highlight for me that I had really set myself this goal to run this store and these things, amazing things were happening. And I ended up going to Sydney to the showroom and meeting with the designer and going through the season collection of Indie Kids clothes. And it was just so surreal because I think at some point I'd always dreamt of a career in fashion. I always loved watching, you know, all the reality shows around fashion or fashion related TV shows. So I was kind of living that dream in a way. It was just kids clothes instead of women's fashion, but that was fine. It was still fun. So I kept the business going. Once I went back to work, I would pack orders at night. Then I would bring the packages into work in, you know, bags and take them down to the post office in my lunch break. Like I said, I worked with these wholesalers. I looked at their showrooms on the weekends. I'd go down to Sydney to look at the latest collections. I learned all about indent buying and, you know, basically you're ordering for a full season ahead. So when we're in summer, you're buying for summer the year ahead. So it's crazy how fast fashion moves. I was doing Facebook ads. I did that all just self-taught. And I actually grew my Facebook following to 14,000 people. So it looked like all of this was going really well. And it was. The biggest thing that this business taught me was confidence. I was doing Facebook Lives where I would showcase the whole collection that I had and talk about the pieces And it really gave me confidence to be on camera in a different way that I had never experienced in my legal career. So it's all these things that as a lawyer, you don't um, get to do. So you don't get to do a lot of marketing in your career because you're just doing the work. You're there to use your legal skills. And that's the biggest thing that it taught me is really 
I could be a business owner and do all of these interesting and fun things as well. And I could grow a business. I had proof that I was selling products and the business was growing. And when it's all said and done, I think marketing is what makes a business. And that's why I am constantly learning about marketing. I'm constantly investing in learning in marketing because if you don't have clients that want to work with you, you don't have a business. And the only way to get those clients is to market yourself, your business, and to sell your services. And this is where I started to draw some parallels to my legal career. And I'd be sitting in my office thinking, you know, about the marketing that the law firm was doing. And it wasn't much. There would be a little bit of one-to-one networking or going to other people's networking events. So hosted by other networking groups. Maybe they would send out an email newsletter to clients once a quarter. Uh, There was absolutely no social media happening. And I just thought, what if I could use these new skills that I've learned from Canva, that I've learned about Facebook ads and social media and use it for law? It would be such a great way to get the information that I have in my head in a practical way to small businesses that are on these platforms all day. Because I knew that as a small business owner, I was on there all day. And I think that's where we do spend a lot of our time. And it was this big gap that I could see in the way that law firms were marketing. It was just kind of stuck in this past era of, you know, newsletters and and networking, which I absolutely think, you know, personal one-to-one networking is great. But there was absolutely no presence on social media. And that's when the thoughts start, the thoughts started to come into my mind about how I could run a law firm that would be different, that could get my message across to a different audience of small businesses. And the thing is that social media allows you to be yourself, really. You don't have the formality of uh, your workspace, in a sense, or who you are as a lawyer when you're on social media. I Obviously, you know, there's a level of professionalism that you expect from certain industries and particularly lawyers, but I felt that I could show more of my personality through social media. I didn't have to use formal legal language when I'm writing a caption on social media. That's not what people wanted to see. And so although my e-commerce business was running when I started my law firm, so this was about 2018 now, I found that I was focusing more of my energy on my new law firm, which is, which makes sense really. But I think it was because of all of these skills and the fun things that I learned in the e-commerce business, the things that really I enjoyed. So I really enjoyed, you know, playing around on Canva and creating graphics and playing with design. And look, I'm definitely not a designer, so I, you know, I don't profess to be and there's definitely people more skilled, but I just found so much enjoyment in that. And that along with doing the legal work, I thought, wow, I've actually found the perfect balance. So I didn't have a clear timeframe of when I would stop the e-commerce business or how I would actually wrap that up. And I think it just got to a point where I wasn't putting the focus into it that needed it that it needed because when you are running an e-commerce like I said it's all about that momentum with marketing and sales and I was just focusing on something else 
So I did have to make a decision to kind of stop. And that was actually really hard and very emotional because I don't know if you've ever experienced stopping a business or closing a business, but at the time I felt like a huge failure. So apart from all those wonderful things that I've just talked about and all the wonderful lessons that I learned, when I had to make that decision, I felt like, wow, I didn't make it. I'm like every other small business that has failed in the first five years. But really, it was a great stepping stone and it was an on-the-job experience in marketing and sales. So it's not, you know, after some time I've realized it wasn't a failure and I didn't fail because I didn't continue that business, but it really gave me so much knowledge and so much passion for marketing that I didn't even know that I had. And I think that if I had tried to start my law firm without having that experience, it would have taken me a lot longer to get to where I am now because I didn't have I wouldn't have had that experience of how important the marketing and sales part of it is because when you're a lawyer you kind of just get taught you know people will come to you you you've got a set of skills and they'll come to you which is true in a certain extent but there are thousands and thousands of lawyers in New South Wales and it made me realize that if I don't pick a niche or if I don't pick a way of showing up on social media or on my website, what's going to make me different to the other thousands of other qualified lawyers that someone could choose? So although it did take me a while to process the feelings that came with closing that business, it definitely taught me about marketing and mindset. So talking about mindset, uh, it was a huge, another huge learning curve. Like I mentioned, there were lots of other small businesses that I'd be in Facebook groups and they would be struggling with sales and struggling with motivation to keep going. You know, why aren't people buying my products? Why can't I get my message out there? Why can't I create this huge following that other people seem to have? And a lot of that is to do with mindset and how you keep going in those moments of doubt and when things aren't going your way. Because I could have very easily given up on this idea at the beginning. When I started getting those no's from the brand saying, no, we won't stock in a new store or just completely no responses, I had a three-month-old baby and a two-year-old. It was very easy for me to say, okay, this is all too hard. I'll just do it you know, when the kids are older and I'll try again, maybe. And maybe that would never have happened. I think it's having a mindset of knowing why you're doing this because when you are up against the wall and you've got nowhere else to turn if you're not 100% committed to that business idea you're going to stop and that's why I didn't go ahead with the eBay business or the cookie making business because I wasn't strongly connected to those business ideas so I think that was another thing that I wanted to be really clear about when I started my law firm is why am I doing this and there's obviously you know you might people might start a business for money people might start a business to change their industry maybe they want more freedom I think there's always personal reasons why we start a business and then maybe the the business reasons or goals that you have in your life so for me on the personal side I definitely wanted to have more time with my family I was working four days a week in a law firm, 
you know, that was nine to five, basically working on the day off that I had as well, taking calls and checking emails. And I just didn't feel like that was how I wanted to see my kids grow up and spend that little time with them. So that was a huge driver for me to have that flexibility. And that's something I do always come back to when things get tough with work because it is stressful running a business. It is stressful being a lawyer. There's a lot of risk involved for us as well. And I always come back to that. Why am I doing this? It's because I can go and do canteen duty with every couple of Fridays and see the kids. It's because I can go to the school assemblies when I want and be part of that experience for my kids. I can volunteer for the soccer team. And that really brings me back in those very difficult times And the other reasons why I wanted to start my business was I always felt like a little bit of a a square peg in a round hole in the legal industry. And let me explain. There is still a lot of, uh, how do I say this? I guess privilege in the legal industry. There are people from a specific background that make up a large portion. It's still at the upper levels of management and Um, seniority in law there's a lot of men still but that's obviously changing there are now actually more women in the profession which is going to be interesting in the next couple of years but I felt like as lawyers there became this big disconnect in what we did and the skills we had and how we were actually translating that to clients and I think in this day and age where having a business is so much more accessible to people there is so much information on the internet Like I said, you can start an e-commerce business while you're on maternity leave. The way that lawyers were speaking to their clients wasn't in 21st century language, basically. We're not dealing with people who have been in business for years or had family businesses that understand just the basics of running a business and the legal industry around that. So I think the other reason that I keep coming back to about why I'm doing this is helping small businesses fill those gaps in their knowledge in a way that's not intimidating and scary. Because I think as a, as the legal industry is, you know, thousands of years old, probably it's always been quite elite to have a business a hundred or 200 years ago, you had to have a lot of money. So we're in such a different time now that I think there's just, better ways of helping people on a more human level. So that's the things that I always come back to is I think about all the businesses that I've helped understand sometimes complex areas for them to go on and do the things that they're really great at. And that's why the mindset for me has been really important because I had a lot of people telling me when I started my law firm, oh, it's really hard to be a sole practitioner. It's really hard to get clients. It's hard to do the work. You'll be working long hours. And I've said this before, the work is not hard. It's not hard to work long hours. We can all do it. We've probably all done it at some point in our life. What's hard is to do those long hours if you're not actually committed to what you're doing. That's when it becomes difficult. So for me, the work itself and working hard is not the difficult part of being a business owner. It's having the right mindset to keep going in those tough moments when maybe you've upset a client because you didn't deliver something on time or you're just feeling frustrated with the whole process. Why do we keep going? So I think that's also been a huge lesson that I started learning in my e-commerce business and am continuing to learn with my law firm as well. 
And I think that if I hadn't have had those experiences, I probably would have taken a lot longer to learn some of those lessons as well. So I guess that brings me to the end of my story time on my e-commerce business. I hope you found this interesting. Maybe you've had a couple of businesses or business ideas that didn't go all the way, but I'm sure you learnt things from those processes and it's helped you to be a better business owner this time around. I will be back with another, another episode soon. If you aren't following me on Instagram, you can check me out there. I'll put the link in the show notes, but it's at Cardillo Law. I've also just launched an email list. So the emails are going out once a month, so nothing too crazy. And I will leave a link in the show notes as well for you to sign up to the emails if you would like to be part of that. If you have any questions or if you are a business owner and you're looking to go to that next step in your business, I have a free 20 minute call that you can book in for. We can chat about where you're at and how I can help. And I can tell you all of the things that we'll do together. And then after that, you'll get a lovely scope of work to say, this is how we'll work together and a fixed cost because I know that I don't like surprise fees and I know my clients don't either. So if you're interested in booking in for that call, the link will also be in the show notes. That's all for me. Catch you next time.